Welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast. If you're here, babe. Oh, yeah. It's another episode of Unemployed with Anna Roisman. What's up? It's me, your girl, Anna. I'm here with your other girl, Ellen. Ellen got bangs. It's me, your other girl, Ellen. Um, That's why you have to get the Patreon, everyone, so you can check out my new bangs. I know. Ellen got banged. You remember when Nick Kroll used to, he'd be like, you got banged. I got bangs. I got banged. Yeah. Um, it looked, they look great. You look very cool. Very Brooklyn, very hip, you know, that's what I was going for. Really. I was like, just give me a micro bang. Like, let's do this. I want to go peak Bushwick right now. So wow. I'm just, you know, I'm living my best quarantined life, just mixing it up, trying to stay fresh and exciting. Okay. So I wanted to talk to you about something that came up yesterday out of the blue, you know, you live with someone through a whole quarantine and they say something that, that you're like, wait, what you've thought this about me. Yesterday, Jared, out of the blue, goes, I can't believe you sign emails best, Anna. I do that. I was like, I was like, what do you sign? I was like, what's wrong? He was like, I said, like, thanks or like anything else. He's like, you're like a best person. And I was like, I say thanks. Are you? Sometimes I'll even go even further. I'll go all the best. You know what I mean? I do best wishes. Best wishes. Wow. That's what best is short for in my book. Wow. Um, I guess it is. Yeah. Mine is all the best. It's short for all the best. Yours yeah. is best wishes. You can go either way. But like now I'm like a little self-conscious. I'm like, do other people judge the way you sign off on emails? Because I don't like when people just do like a dash, you know, mm. like that means like I am not actually saying goodbye. I don't care about you. Like dash Anna is like very cold yeah it's kind of a throwaway like whatever bye um I think people do yeah they judge you based on what you they use to sign off I'm curious especially for people who are listening to it I want you guys to message me or let me know on Twitter or Instagram I don't know what what is the proper way to sign off I feel like it's a there's like a hierarchy like I'm an XOXO person for like friends and people I know but like if it's somewhat professional I'm yeah. best. I'm a best. I don't I know can't... what to use other than that. That's what I kind of, I learned how to use best in an office job. You can't wow. always use thank you. No, because it's I not put always thank, thank you, you in, to, yeah. in the email. So if you're exactly. like, thank you in the email, you can't put thanks at the end. It's like too much. It's like Repetitive. saying I'm sorry. Yeah. It's like being sorry for being right about something. Yeah. If anyone listening has some other suggestions for things we can use to sign off emails with, I'm open. My my ears are open. So. Right. Maybe I'll switch and just like out of left field, just be like cordially yours or like sincerely. S- yeah. Sincerely. Uh, I don't know. I all the best irks me because I had a boss who like was an asshole and like his all the best was like all the best. And I'm like, no, you're that's I can tell you're fake. Like it felt very fake to me, but like, so that's why I use best instead of all the best. I don't know. I I really think about this, you know? Okay. Well, maybe we'll try. I I might try just like a random, you know, other one this week and like, let you know how it goes. It might feel good. It might feel good to change my brand, you know? Yeah. It's always 
It always feels good to switch things up, you know, hence the bangs. <laughs> hence the bangs. Yeah, I know. Um, anyway, I'm very excited for our episode today. We've got a great, great guest. She is a very funny comedian who I've known for years. She is a podcaster. She's got multiple pods, okay? She hosts <laughs> Betch's Sup Podcast. She hosts the Roast of Your 15-Year-Old Self Podcast. She's also a very, very talented voice actor, I should say. She is on our cartoon president and tuning out the news. She got more credits. We're going to hear where she came <laughs> from we've got elise morales here hello hi welcome what's uh, up you know uh as we as we were talking about before uh before getting on air absolutely nothing <laughs> <laughs> i mean th- these are fun though right i feel like yes. this is my time to hang out with people like when you do your podcasts aren't yes. you like oh it's it's time to chill like with friends <laughs> it's the way that i've been able to keep up with like people who I like you and I would run into each other at shows we would Mm -hmm. see each other at social gatherings because we have the same friends like we would run into each other fairly frequently out in the world but now this just going on other people's podcasts and inviting them on my podcast is my version of how I run into Anna now Literally, yes. We schedule I know, a one-hour like conversation. <laughs> we would also have, for some reason, in the comedy community. I mean, everyone treats birthdays really big, and I feel like we always had like, it's if it's not a show, it's a birthday party. Mm-hmm. And, yes. <laughs> and like we don't do those anymore. I mean, or if the show was then becomes a birthday party. They're kind yeah. of two events in one. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we learned how to do that. Like, as you became a more seasoned comedian, you were like, no, I'll just do a show and make everyone come to it, and that's my birthday. Like, I remember when we were like, oh, you don't have to do two separate ones. Yeah, it's like, (laughs) oh, right, I have the birthday at the show. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So you're in Brooklyn, right? You've been here. I am. Been here for the whole whole thing. (laughs) Oh, my God. Have you seen your family at all? Have you gotten it all to, like, leave? I have seen my family, yes. I went. Went over the summer. Um, my parents were in Texas. They actually moved. Okay. <laughs> they moved uh, and are in LA now, which is also very funny because I'm like, you guys too are moving to LA. But anyway, <laughs> like I didn't expect to get. This they moved in- from Texas to LA. Yes, because my okay. mom is like businesswoman, and she can kind of always just be wherever she wants. And she didn't like Texas, and so they went to LA. Um, right. But uh, I but went. You didn't- and- Grow up in Texas. Sorry. No, I grew up in Virginia, but my mom, like two or three years ago, my mom got a promotion at her job and then the headquarters for that was out in Texas. So they like sold my family, my childhood home. It was very sad. Mm. All of that stuff. They moved out to Texas, uh, were there for a little bit. And then my mom was like, I don't like Texas and got another job. But so, honestly, you should have her on the podcast. She looks I love that. her journey. Yeah, so far. <laughs> she was just like, no, this isn't it. So, um, but I did visit them in Texas once over the summer. And my sister is still in Texas. She stayed in Austin. So she's been in Austin for this whole craziness. Oh, my God. Is she okay? She's all good. But she, um, they didn't have water for like a really long time. They have it now. But they didn't oh. have water for like a couple of days. And she like had to put snow in their bathtub and like boil the snow. Oh my god. Yeah. Crazy. This, this, that's crazy. I saw some scary Texas TikToks. I mean, I know I shouldn't I should be watching the real news, but I <laughs> I I do, but I did see like just like people like crying and like yeah. their bedrooms covered in like water and I was like, "Oh, this is so fucked up." Like Yeah, it's crazy, but also like if you did watch the real news, they would just play the TikToks. <laughs> like they just, they just play them on the real news. Everyone's just playing the TikToks. So yeah, it doesn't matter. so it's 
You might as well go to the source. <laughs> right? Hard news, pop culture news. It doesn't it doesn't exactly. even matter. TikTok has won. I think that's what we've learned this year. Mm-hmm. My sister was like last night, she's like, I'm thinking of joining TikTok. But I was like, just now? Like why? <laughs> if you stayed off for so long, like why even involve yourself yeah. now? She was like, she was like, oh, because like my friend makes like food from it. And I feel like it might be fun. I was like, okay, that I could see that because there is fun TikTok I do food. like food TikTok. That's yeah. one of the, the algorithm. TikTok knows that I want that now. Yep. So it gives me a lot of food. I can't spend as much time on TikTok as I do the other apps because I don't want to always be listening to something. I uh, like a silent experience. So that's yeah. what keeps me like not fully getting into TikTok. Yeah. I hate that it's not silent when you sign on. It's no. immediately loud because sometimes I'll open it and it's like, I'm still in bed and like Jared's like, can you turn that down? I'm like, I didn't, I didn't plan yeah. to. Yeah. No, it's this, ch- that happens to me all the time and I'm just like, and I get like jarred. And so, yeah. Always. Yeah. I, I get food and I get uh, puppies. Like I get a lot of dog TikTok. I love to see, I love to see dogs. I love like little kids too being funny. There's this guy who I think works at a daycare and he's always asks the kids if they're smart and then asks them a question. Aww. And they're always wrong when they answer the question. It's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say they're always right. But they're no, always they're right. always wrong. And he always, after they answer it, he always goes, okay, good job. <laughs> like, it's just really sweet. <laughs> oh, that's cute. So I want to talk about your employment. Yes. Have, you've been, have you been working during the pandemic? Are you blessed to have had your jobs continue on I was very blessed. I feel very lucky. Um, Tuning Out the News had just cast us. The show, like we had had one, maybe December prior to the pandemic, we had gone into the CBS building for a sexual harassment training. That was the only time (laughs) I saw all of the other coworkers on the show. Well, I'm glad they got it out of the way before you never saw them again. Absolutely never saw them in person again. But we did go to this sexual harassment seminar. We saw everyone and it was like, okay, after the holidays, like, they're going to, we're going to start meeting and kick off the show. And then Mm -hmm. obviously, like, that was slowly starting and people were, like, starting to go into the office. My show hadn't yet. Like, I hadn't practiced or rehearsed or anything. And then all this stuff happened. Everything got rejumbled, but they did find a way to do the show remote. So we were doing the show remotely all last year, which was awesome. Um, Our cartoon president is the same production company as Tuning Up the News. So it was like, it just all worked the exact same way with that. And then Mm -hmm. with the podcast and stuff, I was basically able to keep doing what I was doing, which has been, I obviously like, I just... I can't believe that I have had the ability to even work at all. It's great. I mean, the voiceover stuff, any kind of voice stuff right now is like, is key. Like, I, you yeah, know, I, and- I can't imagine, like, I complain about having to do like a dumb voiceover for like, you know, a fucking like whatever commercial, but I'm like, but that's a, that's something I would have done in person. And yes, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. You can't- and like, and honestly, it's the one thing that is just keeping going at the same rate right now. And so I feel, again, I just keep saying that I'm lucky, but I feel so lucky that I got into the voiceover thing by happenstance right before this whole pandemic craziness went down. Because yeah. through that, I've been able to, yeah, do some commercial voiceover things 
whatever and keep myself afloat. Whereas, I like, it. I wouldn't have have not booked any like regular acting gigs. Right. And voiceover stuff like your show, it's pretty isolating anyway. Like you wouldn't necessarily be there with a whole ensemble and you guys are all like shooting the shit. So no, for tuning out the news or for cartoon president, it was like I would just go into the studio and would have my own time and it would be me and like the sound engineers and maybe like the director Mm -hmm. or one of the writers like talking me through how they want me to say stuff. But it actually is usually pretty like you go in a booth by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you do AOC, right? Yes, I play AOC on Cartoon AOC. President, which is very fun. It's so very fun. fun. Have you ever interacted with her, like, on Twitter or anything? She, we interacted once on Twitter, and she follows me. But <gasps> I don't push it with her. I don't say anything to her. I don't DM her. I just, I'm always nervous that I'm going to go to her page and see that she unfollowed me, and then I'll forever be like, <laughs> what was the thing that I did that made her unfollow me? <laughs> She's not going to unfollow you once she follows you, what I do you think? know, but it's, you think it, she's it's like, like signing onto Twitter and being like, Let me clean out my followers today. Like, no, no. and like, she, I mean, like, there's also probably someone who like helps manage that account for her, but it was like, I was like, I, it, it is a true deep fear that I have that I'm gonna log in and be like, Oh my god, she <laughs> <laughs> I upset her. <laughs> no no fucking way she's probably flattered that you do her and keep tagging her you know you you'd be like a great episode came out today aoc check it out i know (laughs) i should do that more and tag her because i don't usually i've never tagged her in it i'll like post the clip but i've never actually tagged her i should do that she probably loves it i bet like you know most celebrities pro her yeah I was going to say, people love when they're, like, made fun of on SNL and stuff, you know? They're flattered by it, unless it's, like... Yeah, Olivia Rodrigo loved... SNL did a sketch about uh, driver's license last night, and Olivia Rodriguez posted it. Or Rodrigo posted it. I haven't seen it yet, but I I read about... Like, I saw that online. It's it's honestly very fun, and it caused driver's license to be stuck in my head all day, which is annoying, but... (laughs) I, like, love the song. Like, am I allowed... It's really good. Am I allowed to love it? Ellen, do you love it? Have you heard it? Uh, yeah, I've heard it. It's like all over TikTok. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't need it. everyone's uh, covers. You know what I mean? Like, I no. really enjoyed the song. I was, <laughs> there were a lot of covers. I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, um, I feel like it all happened so fast. But then again, I'm like, I guess I don't know what, about the drama with High School Musical, the series or whatever. Which I don't is even where the know song. what that is. I there don't either. Series? Apparently, this is what I've heard, and actually my friend Tyler told me today that it's pretty cute if you want to watch something pretty mindless. But yeah, so I guess to, I guess it's about actors on that series. Oh. And they Didn't dated know. each other. Or one of them, two of them were really in love. I think the story is that, like, two of them were in love, but she's, Olivia Rodrigo is, like, younger. He's, like, he was, like, 19, and she was, like, 16, and so they, like, couldn't be together. Got it. And then it. he was with, and then he got with the other girl on the show who's from Girl Meets World, and now they're in love. But Rod- Olivia Rodrigo still loves them, and the song is about... I guess. It's like a hey there Delilah moment. Yes, it is. (laughs) Which I also fucking loved. 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 Still do. (laughs) It's so funny that you bring that up because like literally yesterday I was talking, we heard that song came on the radio and we were talking about it and I remembered that we wrote, when my drama teacher was retiring, we wrote a parody version of a hey there Delilah about the drama teacher. (laughs) 
<laughs> He's like, you're retiring. <laughs> right. We wish we could still be with you. We love you. <laughs> We're obsessed with you in a way that's not right. <laughs> that's really funny. I love that. Oh, my God. Um, all right. So I want to take it back. I love yes. to talk to people about like first jobs you ever had. Did, what Can you remember what it yes. was when you were a teenager, maybe? My first job was a sandwich artist at Subway. At the, no in way. My, in, yes. This two hundred. We had a sandwich artist. To, really? Uh, Kelly Bachman. Lasted really? Two weeks. <laughs> I was there. I honestly couldn't even tell you how long I worked there. It could have been a year. It could have been five weeks. Like I don't know how long I worked at that. It was just so fun. It's such a blur. Like it was. Uh, it was a honestly perfect first job experience and that like I was 15 and everyone else who worked there was a sad adult. <laughs> <laughs> Why Subway? Were you, did you, were your parents like, Hey, it's time to get a job or were you like, I want to make money? Yeah, I think it was a little bit of both. I think mm-hmm. I liked the idea of getting a job because I, that made me feel like adult too. Right. Like I, I think I wanted that. Um, the subway was in the the Franklin Farm Shopping Center. I live that was my neighborhood, okay. and so it was very easy to get to the subway. Got and it. They, and the subway would ha- they hired fifteen year olds, and I remember <laughs> I made five fifty an hour. Oh my god! <laughs> I made five fifty an hour at Subway. And How often did you work? Was it like after school you'd like go and I think I do a shift. Worked like one after school shift, and maybe I would work like on the weekend. I don't think mm-hmm. I worked very much. Um, did friends ever come in? Yes, friends did come in, and I remember that the owner of the subway was always a, he was always like, "Don't you give any sandwiches to your little friends?" And I was like, "I'm not giving them sandwiches. I'm you." thoroughly scared me I wouldn't give them the sandwiches I'm not even here alone but he always thought that I was giving my friends sandwiches wow when really Arturo was giving all his his friends sandwiches there you go did you rat out Arturo (laughs) never no Arturo was Arturo was like truly an adult man he was like 25 but I considered him my peer at the Mm -hmm. subway because um he was like the closest in age to me right so I thought we were friends but we definitely weren't friends and he definitely would like leave while we were both supposed to be working and like (laughs) I would just be stuck there alone (laughs) or he wouldn't come at all (laughs) and I was like well me and Arturo are close friends (laughs) what friends do for each other I love that the owner or like the your boss was like treating it like a bar like don't give shots to ever you can't give away the alcohol and you're like, I won't give extra bologna, I swear. <laughs> like, he was always trying to, like, he was always concerned with that. And he was concerned. He was like, you, you guys are overstuffing the sandwiches. And he said, he said that on a six-inch sub, you should only put, like, three anything on it. And that included olives. So if you got a six-inch sub with olives, he said you should only put three, three olives? olives on the sandwich. That's offensive. That, he was, and like, he, it, it, it was crazy. And I, cause I, he would just be like, you only three. And I would be like, well, some stuff, it doesn't make sense to say only three, like three pickles. I get it. But three olives is not, that's not reasonable. As a person who likes olives, that's not what I'm looking for when I order olives. I wish you were like, well, as a sandwich artist, I feel that I should take some liberties on yeah. the vegetables. Exactly. <laughs> but instead, I was just so scared of all, like, adults. I just would be like, I'm sorry. And then I remember he was the first person who ever yelled at me for saying sorry too much. 
Really? Um, yeah. He was like, you're always saying sorry. Don't say it. Don't say sorry. And I was like, sorry? And then it was like, God. <laughs> um, so he was cool. <laughs> <laughs> that You know, he just re- redeemed himself with the olive thing by saying, don't say don't You don't have to say you're yeah, sorry. <laughs> he, he didn't realize, but he did teach me that lesson early. He was like, mm-hmm. you're always apologizing. Don't apologize for yourself. <laughs> so three olives like- only. <laughs> <laughs> If I got three olives, I'd be the customer and be like, what the fuck is this? I'm paying for a sandwich with olives. Yeah. Give me some, give me a handful. Give me, throw If I up. saw, like, the person, like, plink out three olives, I would be so pissed off. Right? I got in a fight with someone at Sweet Green once because I was like, um, I'm sorry, that's not enough salami. And they were like, yes, it is. And I was like, no, <laughs> it's not. And it was in L.A. and they were like, you are obviously from New York because you're fat and you want extra salon. Yeah. They're like, you'll have to pay more. I'm like, no, that's. <laughs> no, that's not- you haven't given me the right amount. Right. I'm like, I go to a lot of different sweet cream on the East Coast. They're much they give you more. And they're like, well, welcome to West Hollywood. We give one piece of salami. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but maybe that's the rule, you know, as I learned with three olives, sometimes there's a weird rule that you don't yeah. know about. Yeah. So did you work here for most of high school? Was that like your gig? Or I, I worked there for a good amount of time, but I would say the gig that I associate with being my high school job is that I was the hostess at Glory Days Grill at the Fox Mill Shopping Center. Completely different shopping center. Okay. Very different vibe at the sho- Fox Mill Shopping Center. Fox Mill Shopping Center... People are getting up to trouble in the Fox Mill Shopping Center. Really? Yeah, people smoke cigarettes in the Fox Mill Shopping Center. Like, cool, like... Inside. Youths youths hang out at the Fox Mill Shopping Center. Franklin Farm Shopping Center is only families. Got it. Once I started working at Glory Days, that was like... That was like a restaurant job, so people were younger. I Mm -hmm. did have friends that were my age at school that were there, as well as people who were 21 who then were Mm. going that was that felt like my real high school job because then I could get into like parties yeah sometimes after work we would walk to a sort of weird corner of the parking lot and they would give I would get cigarettes and I would smoke them (laughs) (laughs) this was all about smoking cigarettes it really was it was really about getting the like some of the waiters to buy me the pink camel cigarette (laughs) and I would be like (laughs) I'm a girl. I'm cool. I'm cool. Uh, and th- this restaurant, uh, it did have a smoking section inside. That, oh, wow. Uh, was not, like, there was no wall. It was just, like, <laughs> it, there was really no difference between the smoking and non-smoking section. That's bizarre to me, even now. Like, that planes and restaurants and, like, like there were just, it's still the same space. But. Yeah, it was completely the same space. There was no wall in between them because, nope. like, Virginia was just, like, a holdout of, like, you could still smoke inside for a really long time. And so, yeah, I, like, I stood next to the smoking section. People Philly was like in. that, too. Philadelphia, definitely, mm-hmm. you could smoke for a long time. <laughs> Philly was like, nah, we're not doing that. <laughs> well, I take that away from people, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. just picturing you and the other hostesses just like, yeah, we're allowed to smoke in yeah. here, so we're we going to on the job. Smoke in here. <laughs> and also, the, like, people would come to Glory Days after games, so it gave okay. me, like... I had, like, social cash when I, like, was working at Glory Days. Cool. That did not get afforded to me when I was working at Subway. No. (laughs) no. Not on 550 an hour. No, 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 no. Uh, 
Subway was not a cool job. Glory Days was, like, cool. Like, I could tell people, be like, oh, you work at Glory Days. Respect. Did you have to wear a uniform for it? Just, like, black. Just uh-huh. all black. Um, That's good. And then, yeah, I was the hostess there. I love it. Did and you know people who came in? Yes, my friends would come in. And then one time, catastrophically, my ex and his new girlfriend came to Glory Days while I was working. Oh, no. And I was. Unannounced? I you didn't absolutely know. bold as brass came into Glory Days. Wow. <laughs> and I was beside myself furious. Furious. Did you know he was dating this new girl? Yes. And she was my friend. So it was oh. like high it was like high level drama. Did you like oh. shove a menu at them when you were like, here you go? I it, I was like, wow. Okay. I'm like <laughs> like was like super just tried to like be project like rudeness towards them. Oh. And And you um, had to seat them? No, you couldn't give it to someone else and be like, I'm sorry. I'm so busy right now checking bathrooms. I can't. (laughs) I seated them and then I made a big production of being very sad at the glory days and everyone had to be nice to me. (laughs) Elise's ex came in. I like made I I made the fact that this had happened had to take over the entire restaurant for the entire day. Was As you should. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, if this is gonna happen, I'm gonna use this to like emotionally power my entire shift. Everyone is gonna have to engage with me about this. (laughs) I hope in the parking lot after they're like, today you get weed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. I'm also like I did smoke weed with them a little bit, but not a lot. And I'm like, there was more weed that was happening, and I really should have gotten in on that. Yeah. They were probably like, these girls are young. We don't they, – they won't know the difference. No. We don't have to give them our weed right now. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, like, if they had been worse people, it probably would have been a worse situation. But instead, they just were like, yeah, you can come sit on our truck and smoke these cigarettes. <laughs> came out of it fine (laughs) this is a full like i I am picturing like a just teen drama sick like a tv show on netflix like of just glory days Mm -hmm. and you're like on the back of a truck but you got to go back to work but your ex is there like this is so you really painted a beautiful scene for me (laughs) yeah it really it and it really wasn't it like felt that way at the time like Mm -hmm. and it truly for it to be called glory days is so funny because it like it, it had that energy to me that i was like this is my big girl job. Sometimes I get off at 2 a.m. <laughs> and- <laughs> kind of sounds like Dawson's Creek to me. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Did you date anybody at Glory Days or anything? No, I kissed a couple of them at the parties, but I didn't really <laughs> date them. Just a couple of the Glories. <laughs> Not Just all of them. a couple. The, you know... The guys were older, and okay. I think, like, again, if they were worse people, it would have been a worse situation, but I don't think they were actually trying to date me because I was in high school. Right. But they yeah. would, like, flirt with me. Like, they weren't, like, completely... Yeah. They weren't saints, but they weren't demons either. <laughs> <laughs> and did you leave because, like, you left to go to college, or, like... Yeah, it was just, um, yeah, it was, I think it literally was, like, I went away to school. Mm-hmm. And um, so I stopped working at Glory Days. And then once I, I – it wasn't like – I didn't, like, come back to that job over the summer or anything. In college, right. I always had, like, kind of random summer jobs, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I One summer, I taught improv at a, like, 
prestigious middle school summer camp that was okay. at Wellesley College. So I like lived at Wellesley for a summer. Nice. And, um, that was like one of the craziest jobs I ever had because it was like you got there and you realized you were like in a cult and you were trapped at your job for like eight weeks and <laughs> it was not Why? Because it was a camp? Like it was It like- was camp and like to work at a camp that you have to get into a cult-like mindset uh, yeah. And this town, Wellesley, I didn't know this at the time, but it's a dry town. Mm. Uh, so, and so you're like, like coming straight from the glory days. You're exactly. like, uh-uh. I'm in college at this point. <laughs> and so it was like really hard to get alcohol, especially since I was underage. It was really, really hard. We would still get it, but it meant that like people went on your days off. You went like crazy because <laughs> you were working so much. That was like, yeah. the only time I'd like skinny dipped. I was like. I was, like, wiling out at this summer camp, but yeah. also working insane long days and, like, like grueling stuff, like taking kids to Six Flags, which is horrible. Oh, yeah. I was a camp counselor, too. But I guess it's funny when you say I had to join the cult. Like, I went to my camp for eight years, so I was already a cult yeah. member. I just had to be an adult cult member. But it was very different. I was the drunkest I and highest I ever was for eight weeks straight. Oh, like, yeah. And I was like 18 and I was like, they just kept feeding me anything I... <laughs> it, it was like... I was you know terrible. what's also funny is uh, that ex who showed up at Glory Day's Grill, we actually ended up... We repaired our relationship. We remain good friends to this day. And he worked at that crazy camp with me. And so Aww. he was at that crazy camp with me and... Is that how you got it? Were you, or were you just like, hmm, I guess I want to teach We both applied, um, and he applied to be, because he did, like, debate, and so he taught debate, and then I applied to be the improv teacher, and I thought that it was just going to be teaching improv, but then you get there, and you have to be, like, a wrangler of these kids, and, yeah. like, it, it, it's a lot. Also, it was, like, historically hot, and there's no air conditioning on the nope. campus, so it was very, very hot. Um, the kids were very rich, really, really, really rich from all over the world, and they would fight each other and like have cultural clashes and oh my God. crazy stuff. One of the one of the like halves, like it was like eight weeks, and in one of the the second half, mm-hmm. my friend Paul had this kid who was a full Saudi prince on his floor. Oh my and God. We had Saudi Arabian princesses in my camp one year. Wow. Wait, it's I tough. Wonder, it's, I, it's tough because there's a lot of rules. A lot of rules, yeah. They they ended up not being allowed to stay because they would say a lot of, like, anti-Semitic things and, like, and they'd be like, where we come from, we hate Jewish people. Like, and there were, like, Jewish people in the, oh. in the bunk and then... Yeah, that's not good. We didn't... Okay, so... I remember this kid, well, number one is that we had a day where, like, we took the kids to the mall, and he took Uh my friend Paul aside, and he was like, is this enough money to go to the mall? And he showed him $1,500 in cash. So, (laughs) (laughs) oh my god, definitely way more money than you need to go to the mall. So, so that was like there was just a lot of stuff like that the kids were supposed to do their own laundry and he like really struggled with that sure uh, they also like realized two weeks in that he hadn't unpacked his bag because he didn't know how and we were like wow. oh no and he yeah he had a fancy tutor that came with him everywhere and like 
It just, we honestly just felt bad for him because, like, it wasn't really possible for him to have fun at the camp. Right. It's he just was always, a different life. Yeah. Yeah. And he also, like, always perceived the other kids as, like, being disrespectful to him when he when they were just treating him like another kid. But he's, like, mm. I'm a prince. But it's, like, you're not a prince. You're a friend. You're a kid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I might have remembered this wrong. But I remember there were girls who were from Saudi Arabia. And I actually think they were probably, like, they, they, they were, like, cousins. So they were, mm-hmm. like four girls or something. So they were like friends with each other. And I think they had some friends. I don't know. They weren't in my age group. They were younger. And I remember they were asked to go home halfway through the summer. I think it just was like, I don't know, too much of a culture clash. It was, it it was like, like, yeah, like literally it's not the movies we watched as a kid are not a joke. It is hard to acclimate to life, to life from princess to normal. 1000%, (laughs) especially when you're not even in your own country, like, and you're, you're, and these kids are like asking, you know, I think it was also the American kids were obnoxious and being like, what do you mean you're a princess? Like, what does that mean? You know, and making them feel bad, vice versa. But I remember they showed up again, like, like a couple couple days later because one of the parents said we don't listen to women authority and our camp owner was a woman who said I'm so they were like you just can't like no you're going back to the camp yeah I remember it was like uh, they were like wait uh I thought these girls weren't in the bunk anymore and then they were like no they're back and their parents said we don't where we come from we don't listen to women who are in charge and it was like, like this is like this sounds racist I feel like but it's it's not this is literally what happened at a camp in the early 2000s like it's not it, that long ago it, i just i just remember like it was it was really interesting because this camp did have like rich international mm-hmm. clientele it was like yeah. rich white american kids and then also rich kids from all around the world and yeah. you know rich rich kids are rich kids wherever you wherever, wherever they're you from yeah from. <laughs> yeah they don't know how to unpack their bags it doesn't matter where they you don't go. know how much money to bring to the mall they don't <laughs> i feel like that's more than i'm getting paid all summer literally. absolutely <laughs> and it truly was and we were i paul was like oh no uh yeah you gotta put that why do you have that like yeah no, really there were bad. kids at, at camp, at my camp, they'd show up with, like, a Rolex, like, and they'd be like, can this go in the lake? <laughs> I'd be like, what? <laughs> I don't know. Why is it here? What? Who? I wear string bracelets. You're wearing a yeah. fucking Rolex and you're 10? Like, I can't. <laughs> I also, in the second half, I also had, I was an RA for the Hall of Hot Girls, and that was, like, <laughs> the... That Most. was a specific hall, the hot, the hall of hot girls. The hall of hot girls, like all of the girls at this camp who were like alphas who developed early, who were babes, <laughs> were all on my hall, and it made my life hell. Oh my god! <laughs> there were all these boys. I'm trying to get them away. Like, like they also it was the co-ed. girls were yeah. They were like always trying to sneak onto my floor, and I'm like, stop. Stop! Just oh my do god! This. Just touch each other during the day. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just, just find a way to touch each other during the day. Stop this! That's because so I funny. Because they yeah. were all constantly trying to fuck my girls. <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden, you're a parent of teenagers, and you're like, "Get these boys out of my house!" <laughs> it, truly, and w- just one day, I woke up and I found that I was the mom of sixteen hot 
14-year-old girls. (laughs) And it was a responsibility that I was not ready to take on. They also started fighting each other and, like, they were writing slut on each other and I had to get them to stop and I had to wow. be like, you guys can't write slut on each other. That's not nice. Oh my God. Um, and then one of them, we were doing a like, uh, we were doing a fire drill and uh-huh. it was always like very stressful to do these. And one of them, I was, I had like seated them all down where you were supposed to go for the fire drill and I was like counting them and I realized that like the out, al- this one girl whose name I remember was Olivia and she was <laughs> tiny and like the alphaist of all of them. She came down in her underwear <gasps> and she did for it the to, fire drill. for the fire drill and she did it as an alpha move. She did it to, to sh- do something, to freak everybody out and to show it to be like, sorry, I thought there was a fire. And I was just like, and I'm sitting there and like, I'm just like, oh my God, one of my girls is down here and she's not wearing her fucking pants. (laughs) I feel like I would have done that. (laughs) She really, she, she did it to to do something and she did it. <laughs> it was Later I, that night, all the boys are coming to your floor and you're like, oh, God. if only she wore her fucking sweatpants. That's really funny. I was, yeah. I was, my camp was an all girls camp. So like they were just like desperate for gossip about the counselors because ah. there were, there were co-ed counselors. But so we like, we always, my first summer I had like 10 year, like nine, 10 year olds. And I was like, they can't take care of themselves yet. So the next summer I had 14 year olds and they were like, I was like, listen, I'm going to go out tonight. I would leave them. I would leave them alone. I'd be like, I'm going to go out tonight. I'd get so high and so drunk. I'd be like, um, when I get back, I will bring you pizza from Domino's. If you guys don't tell anyone that I left. And they'd be like, okay, oh my God. And will you let us know who's hooking up? And I was like, absolutely. I will let you know everything, all the goss. And they were like, okay. And then I'd leave. Like, I'd just straight up leave. That's that's amazing. There's actually a girl. Because I was 18. I was four years older than it. Like, I didn't care. No, no. You, like, it's. You are really their peer at that point. Mm-hmm. If they're you're if you're eighteen and they're fourteen. <laughs> there is actually a girl who is in comedy now. I don't know if you know her, Carly Maruli. I don't think so. Okay, well she's a comedian, she's really funny, and she was my student at the program. She took oh my, my God, improv class. <laughs> and then now I like see her at shows and I'm like, oh my god. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Yeah, Do you know a girl with no job? Yes. Oh, yeah. They went to my camp. The Oshries, they all went to my camp. And I, like, saw Olivia on an audition for some, like, MTV thing. And I was like, wait, I shouldn't be here. I was her camp counselor. Like, so funny. And we're auditioning for the same, like, talking head show. Like, no way. (laughs) I know. that it's, It's really funny how, like, a gap that seemed enormous in age at the time is, like, it's like nothing now. It's not now. Yeah. They're all like married and having babies. And I was like, oh, they're like old people. And I see them on Facebook. And I'm like, yeah. these these campers. Oh, my God. Whew. So, oh, what were you going to say? I was just going to – I was literally just in my head trying to figure out how much older than her I am. And I was like, I think it's probably like seven years, which isn't that crazy. But at the time, it's like she was a little kid and I right. was like an adult woman. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Seven years, though, still feels like a lot. But I feel like – 
I have friends now from jobs I've had in the last bunch of years that are probably seven years younger. And like, I treat them like my peer. And I'm like, yeah, because I knew them as an adult, I guess. Exactly. It's like when you meet someone as an adult, but it's just, yeah, it's just interesting to see like gaps can like expand and contract with age. So how many summers did you work at this rich kid camp? (laughs) I only did one summer at the rich kid camp. Wow. It was really crazy. I got in and I got out. I think they paid me like, it was like a lump sum for the summer and it was like three grand or something like that, which (laughs) seemed like so much money at the time. And then you realize that you're actually working 24 hours a day for eight weeks and that is not what you make for that. I did it twice and I think my raise was like 3,200 for the summer and I was like, sweet, I'm I'm second year. (laughs) I did not go back. I think that was the summer of my soft, it was, it was the summer of my sophomore year because me and my college boyfriend had broken up and I was very <sighs> I'm always at my job distraught because me and my boyfriend have broken uh, up yeah <laughs> she brings that drama to work and I she... always bring that to work with me <laughs> I never leave my personal drama at the door <laughs> that's what they tell you anything personal leave at the door at least is like actually I can't today yeah I, actually uh... no I'm gonna make the my personal life is gonna infect the entire operations of this business for at least 24 hours <laughs> I love that. So what was like other jobs you had in college? You said you had a bunch of rando jobs. Other jobs I had in college. I called people for the University of Delaware and asked them for money. That was a horrible job. Um, <laughs> that was a job where literally um, I was uh, I was making a jet pack for my space-themed birthday party. College, wow, cool. And I was supposed to go to that job. I was supposed to like stop doing what I was doing and walk. And I, I was like, not only am I not going to go today, I'm never returning. And I'm not <laughs> going to say anything. <laughs> and wow. I just ghosted that job. I never went back. I worked there for like three months and I was like, I'm never coming back. And eventually they just sent me a check and they never asked me anything because I realized a lot of people do that with that job. Oh my God. And just ghost it. Like you can't, it's a horrible job. Power move though, to just be like, (laughs) I'm not walking in and I'm never walking in. I'm never going back. So I I never returned to that job. And then my other on-campus job is I worked at the Pod Market, which was like a little on-campus grocery store. That's better. Um, okay. And that was like, honestly, as far as college jobs go, I was like, this is fine. I'll restock this on-campus grocery store. I'll make my money. I remember I would have to work pretty late for that job. Mm-hmm. And like the later you worked, the more drunk, crazy people would show up. Oh, yeah. Uh, which would sometimes be weird. The, the funniest thing about that job was that um, – Whenever I was working the register, we had to keep the condoms behind the register because people would steal mm. them because college kids, like, can't handle yeah. buying condoms. Yeah. <laughs> and so whenever guys would come up to the register, they'd be like, can I get condoms? And I would be like, okay, which ones do you want? And without fail, they would always be like, magnums. Magnums. <laughs> I need to get magnums. No matter and I, the size, the they were just, with, that was it. Without fail. And I was just like, either everyone on the University of Campus, Delaware campus just has an enormous dick, or these guys could not handle ordering. <laughs> just say, they couldn't handle that me, the cashier, a girl they've never seen, don't know, would know that their dick is like a normal size, that it's not huge. <laughs> like, 
I bet they panicked. You're a cute girl. And they came to the front and they were like, she's going to know. And she goes she's to gonna, school here. She's going to remember and she's going to see me and she's going to say, that guy's dick is regular sized. <laughs> <laughs> right? They'll see you like in the, you know, in the cafeteria being like, mm, blue, normal. Yeah, yeah, we're all, he sees me and a bunch of girls and we're all giggling and pointing and making kind of like a normal size dick like measurement. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> but yeah, I really noticed and I, I talked to my like male coworkers and they said that guys did not always get magnums from them. Mm-hmm. But I believe my that. Female coworkers noticed that the guys would always ask for magnums and it was because <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for self-serve check self-checkout now, you know? know. Hopefully know. college students are taking advantage of that and getting the size they need and not just trying to fit into a magnet. <laughs> I know. I know. I was like, this is a danger on campus. Like yeah. all of these boys are not wearing properly sized prophylactics. That's so funny. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah. Especially if you like ran into a friend who's like, I hooked up with a guy and like his condom fell off. Like, and I would be like, wait, <laughs> I know him. <laughs> I, yeah. So that that was my job senior year. I worked there and then I did an internship at Meals on Wheels, Delaware. So I had Good for two you. jobs my senior year because I was trying to make money to come to New York. Nice. Did you come to New York right after school? Yeah, I moved like like. We just drove my stuff from Delaware right to yeah. uh, an apartment in the That's city. That's what I did. Yeah, I was just, I was just so like I I had decided I wanted to come and do comedy and all that stuff like. Probably by the end of my junior year, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And so a lot of my senior year of college was just being like, I just have to get over this finish line so that I can move to New York. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where did you first come, like move to when you got here? I moved. I was right off the Graham L. Nice. Uh, right off the Graham L. In like a cute apartment that I was paying way too much for, but I didn't sure, yeah. know anything. <laughs> um, with a girl who I was friends with in college, who uh, once we moved in together, it became apparent that like the behavior of hers that was like fun in college was uh, <laughs> not- dangerous, <laughs> dangerous, oh, no. problematic, not good behaviors. Uh, so I ended up having to move out of that apartment. Okay, uh, and then ended up in Bushwick. And was mm-hmm. in Bushwick for it. Like, I was basically by the Wilson L in that apartment where I used to live. Yeah. Like, where we would, me and Ian would have our parties and whatnot. I know. I went to many a party there. You, had, you guys had a fun apartment. That was, like, my area for a really long time. And I was just kind of, like, bump, bopping around in that little zone. Cool. Cool. And what were, like, what was your first job when you got to New York City? My, I, I took another insane job working with kids when I got to New York. I worked for, um, you know the 14th Street Y? Yeah, the, I do. It's related to the 92nd Street yeah. Y, but it's on 14th Street. Uh, they have a summer camp called New Country Day Camp, okay. which is on Staten Island. And I didn't really understand when I took this job, like, how crazy it would be to go to Staten Island <laughs> I was going to ask, did they bus you there? Like, did you go? Yes. So I woke up at, like, crack of dawn, and then they had school buses that would pick us up around Williamsburg, like, city <laughs> kids, and drive them out to Staten Island to have this, like, real camp experience wow. out on Staten Island. And then we would just be out there all day, and it was so hot. And I was so 
I was so tired. Like, that job was so intense. Uh, and I was so tired and it was so hot. But I think it was something, like, I only could have done in that first summer of living in New York. when I had I'm surprised you did that after the other camp. You were like, let's give it another go. <laughs> I'm always just like, you want to give me a job? Okay, I guess I'll do this crazy job. And I, like... <laughs> I I was just so I just needed a job because I wanted to be in New York and this yeah. one offered and this one offered me enough money and so I was like okay this is what I'm gonna do and I was so fueled by that like just getting to New York energy and just meeting people and just doing shows and all of that stuff that like I think that's the only way I could have I wouldn't last <laughs> one day at either of the camp jobs that I had now <laughs> no. I would be like I'm out I'm absolutely not working here anymore. Right. I get that though. I had such shitty jobs when I first got to New York and I was like, but you're here, you're doing what you need to be doing. Like everybody pays their dues. I would, I would say. Yes. Like, yeah. I feel it. like you pick, like, I know so many people, it's like you pick your version of shitty job that you're going to do. And I always did like very bizarre, like child care jobs or there were like, more, there were more afterwards. So I worked, I, I always stayed with the 14th Street Y, and they were actually great, and I worked with them for a long time, but I was just, like, always, like, nannying, doing this. I would, like, do, I would play, like, a princess at a kid's party. Like, I would do just whatever Fun. kind of stuff <laughs> like that, where I had other friends who would, like, be crazy high-powered assistants for people, and they made mm -hmm. way more money than me, but, like, it was hell in a yeah. different way. Yeah. Whereas it, I, yeah. like... Once, but the the good thing about like the childcare stuff it was it was like, as it was like after school and I could like wake up late and I could go to shows in the evening like it was very conducive to my early twenties lifestyle. That's good. Yeah, I like that. Did you ever have any like big periods of unemployment while you were trying to make it as a comedian? Not really, because I always was just like I'm. I, I've always been someone who has kind of, like, multiple jobs and mm -hmm. is doing, like, a bunch of different ones. Um, that makes sense because you didn't take that high, that assistant gig. You were no. like, you could have done that route, but you didn't. Yeah, and so I never, like, really ever had money saved up to, like, have <laughs> <laughs> to be unemployed for any amount of time. Um, so it was always more that I would just, like, kind of bop from hustle to hustle. And, like, yep. if it started to not work out, I would just leave, like... Uh, I did, I bought uh, Broadway tickets for Today Ticks for a while, which when that company first started, which just meant that like they literally handed me cash and I would walk around and if someone used the app to buy tickets, I would just walk to the theater, the, the theater and buy the tickets. Damn. <laughs> that's, I didn't know that's how they did it. <laughs> I don't think that's how they do it anymore because I think it's a more legit uh, operation, but when I first started doing it, it was an amazing gig because no one had heard of this app, and so I would just sit. I at, love that. Um, I would sit in the lobby of one of the hotels and like write and do work and stuff, and like maybe buy tickets like once or twice. But then like the holidays happened, and they started um, they started like picking up, and they started getting tickets to like the Rockettes and stuff, and uh -huh. then the job started to become really stressful. And then they made me work on Thanksgiving, and I was really pissed off about that. And then they sent me to go get tickets on Thanksgiving. And when I went to go get them, the Macy's Day Parade was in between me and the tickets. Well, that's hard. <laughs> and I called them and I was like, I can't get the tickets because the Macy's Day Parade is in between yeah. me and the tickets. And they were like, well, you got to get over there. And I'm like, I'm looking at 
Big Bird right now. Right. <laughs> like, like you have Santa is waving. <laughs> like I it's can't. hard. I've, anytime there's a parade in New York, it's hard to get from you east to west. You can't get across. You can't it. get across. I was like, <laughs> I am not going to be able to get across until the Macy's Day Parade <laughs> is over. They're like, you better fucking dance with Big Bird and pretend you're in that show. <laughs> truly, truly, they were like, can you get it? Like, can you wave someone over? I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> that's no. so funny oh my god Elise when Today Ticks came out obviously I love theater and that was like mm. a half the bat, half the battle half the reason I moved to New York was to see Broadway all the time and and when Today Ticks came out I was tour guiding mm-hmm. and I knew the whole like if you give your code to someone you get like money you know what yes. I mean it was like ten dollar it was like you get ten dollars if you get someone to sign up for it or whatever and everyone even if they didn't speak as ounce of English on my tours I'd be like if you're here to see theater I I gave fashion tours but I was like here, <laughs> here's my code and I'd go down the line and be like here's my code here's my code and I finally like got fifty dollars one day and I was like oh my god I could go see a show that's <laughs> That's honestly a great way to do it, though. And that's the thing. When you're, like, working those new early New York jobs, that's what you got to do. You got to yeah. hustle that stuff. Like, yeah. you got to figure it out. Like, the way that I would just go to the Hyatt and, like, chill out. Literally, like, like luxuriate in their lobby and mm-hmm. write, like, reductress pitches or whatever. <laughs> and then if someone bought tickets, I would, like, go get them. I love that. I love how we all had our, like, off our day offices that were, like, hotels yes. or restaurants or like Lepan Cotidian in the 50s that I like lived at upstairs like mm-hmm. there were so many spots in New York right so many different like little weird places where you'd be like I can actually like no one's gonna bother me if I sit here for a really long time yeah it right. was always funny to see people's like I remember meeting like Rob King do you know mm-hmm. Rob King yeah And I remember him being like, oh, well, I work above, like, I work in the lobby of this hotel, like, above, or, like, on 42nd Street. And I just remember being like, where, what? Like, (laughs) and he's like, yeah, like, you know, that's where I get my work done. And it's close to my train. And I was like, oh. (laughs) It's, like, it would be like, well, if you sit on this stoop at this, like, coordinates, you can actually get free Wi-Fi. And, like, you can sit for a really long time. So, Yeah, I did that. That was one of my, like, side hustles here in New York. But for the most part, it was, like, nannying and childcare gigs Mm -hmm. I was very into once I got here. And do you like kids? Do you want kids in your life? Do you, is that? Yeah, I like, I do like kids. I really like little kids especially. And I'm, like, fun with them. And Uh I have, I think I have, like, good, like, patience and, like, tolerance for them. That's good. I did a couple of babysitting jobs, but it was not my forte. I was better with, like old mean rich people who yelled at me in restaurants like for some reason that was easier for See, me and that would kids. be very scary for me and that's and that's why you in like getting started in New York you just pick your personal hell and you pick what you can work with restaurants yeah yeah Ugh. little kids like I love them they can be really mean um I remember one time with a girl I like just showed up at work and she this little girl Ella was like your hair looks like a wig. And I was just like, oh, thanks. Cool. Yeah, kids have no filter. I, I, yeah. yeah. I remember I babysat a kid in Boston and he, uh, I didn't babysit him. I taught him tennis. I used to teach tennis and he was a monster to me mm-hmm. and, uh, cause he hated tennis. So his parents made him do this and he didn't want to do it. Yeah. And his goal was to hit balls at my face, he said, for the whole half hour. Amazing. Um, 
but his this is the best. His dad was the CEO of Abampa. Aubon oh Pain. my god, Aubon Pain? A member? Yeah. Aubon Pain. And I think he was also one of the part owners of Panera. And I remember when I found this information out, I'd be like, I'd be like, oh man, I love those cinnamon crunch bagels at Panera. And this six-year-old kid was like, well, you have to buy them like regular people. Wow. Cool. <laughs> cool. Like, <laughs> I was like, I didn't even ask you for the favor yet. I just was putting it out there that I liked them and your dad brings home Panera for free. (laughs) Uh, I I nannied for a little girl whose mom worked on girls in some capacity. I don't know (laughs) what it was. I only nannied for her like the one time, but they had moved in. They were from L.A., moved into temporary digs in Williamsburg, for this season of Girls. She wasn't an actress. She was involved in the production of Girls mm-hmm. somehow, but high up. Some, I don't know who she was, though. Uh-huh. But her daughter was, like, very well aware that this was cool, and she kept bringing it up to me <laughs> and kept bringing it up to me in front of her mom. And then also at one point I was texting. I got a text from my friend Hannah and she saw the name Hannah pop up on my phone and she was like, you're texting about girls. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm not texting about girls. I get it. Your mom is in some way involved with girls. I understand. I do think it's cool. Uh, <laughs> you're like, also, by the way, I'm an actress. You should throw in my headshot sometime. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, you know what? It's actually really, it is cool that your mom works on girls. that's so funny oh my god i love this ellen should we play a quick game real real quick we do a quick game okay elise we've done this with some of our guests i feel like you'll be fun because you're good at improv um okay ellen ellen set her up set her up (laughs) okay so i'm gonna tell you about three jobs that are no longer jobs anymore they've they've been obsolete for a long time and you can choose one out of the three that you would choose as like your personal like profession. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, got it. So this first one's kind of gross, but maybe you're into that sort of thing. Um, it's called a tosher. And it was uh, someone in Victoria area, London, who made a living by breaking into the city's sewage system and searching for pieces of bone, scraps of metal, coins, or any other valuable items. Okay. And they made a living off of that. Um, Digging through the sewers. The okay. Sewage. Okay. Okay. Um, okay, so that's the first one. <laughs> okay. Think about it. First one is a book peddler. This one, you know, you can imagine already. Uh not too long ago, people went door to door selling books. Um, kind of sounds nice to me, uh, you know. Uh, Ellen, you have to be a not. You can't oh, yeah, say sorry. which one you totally want. Impartial. <laughs> you know, but just imagine you're driving around the suburbs with a car full of books, selling them door to door. Okay. Okay. And this one is another one that's kind of weird. Um, a flashlist. Um, uh, so this is, I know where this is going. Oh oh yeah. You know where this is going. Um, so this is somebody who like in the 1800s, basically like they were paid like as a professional farter, like that was their job to entertain, (laughs) entertain people with farts. Okay. Um, Sort of like a comedian. 
From your ass. What? Huh. This is tough. Okay. Well, I'm definitely not going to do the one where you dig through shit in the sewer. (laughs) (laughs) That one's no. There's something that is drawing me to being the professional farter because... I'm already farting in a non-professional capacity. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like... And I'm going to say, do they provide dairy, like, before the gig, you know? Yeah. Like, do, <laughs> what? No. It probably is all up to your own, your body. You got to listen to your body what food. So when you, you have to fart, you're like, everyone, get in here. <laughs> Come here now. <laughs> you know there's people who train to like, do, like, the alphabet, like, you how you burp the alphabet, <laughs> I can fart yes, the yes. That's what I kind of imagined when I read about this. I was like, oh, yeah. Like <gasps> you know what? I think that's the one I'm going to pick because yes. it is close to being a comedian. I feel like uh, the book job might be, like, lonely and kind of not dependable. Mm-hmm. Because you don't know. People are always going to think it's funny for you to fart. You <laughs> don't. People might not be interested in the books that you have. Exactly. Right, you're going to get some doors slammed in your face. Exactly, but it's universally... But if you have a fart... If you fart, people are going to think it's funny. And so that is just... It's a <gasps> renewable resource, really. Yeah. I honestly think that job could come back today, and there is, like, a clause. Like, you have to say what foods make you gassy, and mm-hmm. so, like, they'll have, like, cans of beans or dairy or, like, whatever you need <laughs> right to, in like, my green set room. you up. <laughs> in my green room before yeah. the performance, they have, like... Like little baby bell cheeses yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. in her rider <laughs> i love that oh my I god love, yeah Professional honestly, farter. congratulations i hope you one day get to Dude, live up to bring that it back. bring it back bring it back i love it elise this was so fun this thank you so, so much, much for doing it oh my god your stories are so funny and i love it i loved all, i was at camp with you i literally <laughs> Well, um, I <sighs> I had a great time, and I'm thrilled that you will be joining me on my podcast, yes, The Roast yes. of Your Teenage Self, coming I know. up soon. Oh, I, I said that wrong in the beginning. I said The Roast it's of Your 15-Year-Old Self. Yes, it's that fine. was... But it's fun. It was a live show. Now it's a podcast. Mm-hmm. Where can everybody Where can everybody find it and find you? You can find Roast of Your Teenage Self on all the all the little apps, and then we also release a YouTube version, um, so you can watch along. We show little pictures of people in their teenage years, etc. Mm-hmm. And you can find me on Instagram at Pandalise and on Twitter at Elise Navidad. Elise Navidad. All right, go find her. She's very funny. She writes the funniest tweets. I love it. And uh, that's it. That's the other. That's the whole episode. Bye. If you're a professional farter, go enjoy. Enjoy it. Let us know how how business is. And uh, go listen to the other episodes. Find us at Unemployed Podcast on Twitter, on Instagram. And uh, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Right now, I just want to take a moment to thank everybody who has supported our Patreon. This is your shout out right here from me. Tons of love. And if you haven't checked out our Patreon, all of our videos go up there. Sometimes I just write fun things because I feel like it. And it's just a really nice way to support us at Unemployed. And, you know, so we can keep this thing going. We do it for nothing. We do it for fun. We do it for you to listen to. So definitely check out the Patreon. And right now, huge shout out to our patrons, Bill Horton, Chi of 
Steele, Danielle McCartney, Lori Jackson, Jeannie Logan, we got Joe Galati, Chris Arneson, Jordan Lucero, Oscar Yuen, Ken Levin, and Vic Terry. Thank you so much. You have no idea how much it means to us, and I appreciate you, and I see you, and I love you. 